Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. Hey all, welcome back to the Defiant Spirit. I'm Baruch Levy, also known as B. I am your guide to and through all things Enneagram, along with Logotherapy, Dr. Victor Frankel, meaning um, meaning-centered psychotherapy. And uh, I don't know, I'll throw in the mix Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism, because I've been talking, um, teaching a lot around that as well lately. So mixing those all together into what I call the Defiant Spirit today. I want to take on the Enneagram. Sort of got out of the rhythm of the Enneagram there for a bit. Not my private practice. I use it um, constantly with my clients. Some want it more than others, but it's always at least um, the initial roadmap for how to navigate life. I just haven't been talking about it on the podcast because my heart has been torn, um, you know, with all the things that are going around the world. So I want to get back in action to the Enneagram. It is just so important. I have a new Enneagram program coming out if you ever want the intro to the Enneagram. Well, first of all, you can always do the free Discover Your Number and get it over on the website, defiantspirit.org, I think forward slash discover. And you can just sort of get a vibe, a feel for the Enneagram types on there. Um, you can really discover your number. Or you can take an assessment with me um, and then you can and or you can get into my intro to the Enneagram own your number, which is all that you need to understand all nine Enneagram types. Ennea means nine. So this is an ancient energetic roadmap. Sometimes it's called the personality typing system, but it's it's a it's a deep, sophisticated map that's been around for thousands of years. It draws upon uh, math and geometry. It draws upon spirituality, psychology. It's really stunning and elegant as a system to navigate life. So anyways, I want to get back into it and I want to talk about it practically today. Um, Oh yeah, I was telling you about my new program. I'm working with my sister, Rebecca Rosen, and we're wrapping up. Hopefully by the time you get this, it'll be pretty close to being launched nine lives and it's spirituality and Enneagram. My sister, Rebecca, is a spiritual medium. And so we've integrated the Enneagram with her work. And so it's about connecting to spirit, spirits, the spirit and your spirit in nine different ways. We have all nine of these numbers in us. You don't have an Enneagram type. You have a way that you react when you survive. You have a way that you respond when you thrive. And so Our work is to defy our number, never to be a number. You don't have a number. You you lean on these numbers. You rely on these numbers. You default to these numbers. We have all nine of these energies within us. They're fundamental building blocks of the universe. We've got to get back to them. Nine pathways of being in the world. Nine arrows in the quiver. However you want to think of it, we have these energies within us. Some are more pronounced. Some are more atrophied. And our work is to get them back into balance, to live in harmony, this circle. So um, 
Nine ways to gratitude. Again, yes, listen for your core type in this, but adapt and integrate all nine types into your life. So let's start with Enneagram 1. Enneagram 1, the reformer in my system, sometimes called the perfectionist. As you can see behind me, I got my handy dandy um, Enneagram chart behind me. Now, if you're listening online, all you have to do is either go to my website or look up online the Enneagram. You can see it for yourself, but I'll tell you everything you need to know. So the um, I used to do it on the screen. I just hate it. It takes up too much real estate. I like it behind me. And hey, don't I have a great office, people? I got a lot of four in me, even though I'm an eight. I react like an eight. I'm not an eight. Okay. Enneagram number one, the reformer, the perfectionist. Enneagram one walks into your house on Thanksgiving, right? You're bound to have an Enneagram one in your life. They're, I wouldn't say they're the most predominant, but I see quite a few ones. I don't know if it's just the sort of the circles I hang in. I, I'm, I'm working in right now. A lot of ones in um, finance um, where I'm working. A lot of ones, uh, I don't know, just in my life. And personally, they are. My son is an Enneagram one. My brother's a one. My father, I believe, was a one. My grandfather was a one. So Enneagram one, the performer, the, ref, uh, the, the reformer, the perfectionist. They have a lot of work. First of all, I want to start with the superpower. We'll just do superpower and kryptonite because if I don't, um, people get hurt. <laughs> We're very sensitive to the shadowy side of our stuff and we all got stuff. Enneagram One's superpower is they're such good people. They are the good boys and the good girls of the Enneagram world. They have a deep conscience, a moral compass that always points due north. Now, it doesn't mean they always follow it. They can get themselves into trouble when they deny it, when it becomes overwhelming to them. They can shut down under the weight of perfection. So the way back to gratitude or a way back to gratitude for an Enneagram one is that famous saying that perfection is the enemy of the good. Good gratitude. They really go hand in hand when a one can start seeing what is good, not what is perfect, to let go of perfection. They can find their way back to just being grateful for what is for what is right, for what is good. Another strategy for ones or for the one in all of us, because even if it's not your core type, it's within you and it might be very high up there and what you need to work on, to ease up on yourself. Ones have the most noisy inner critic. We all have it. Ones, it's like it's screaming in their ear. It's hard to feel grateful when you're beating yourself up. So you're going to naturally take stock of all that you have done wrong or the, all that's imperfect. Take stock of what's right. Make a list. I make my one clients make lists. They love lists. They love checklists. Put some checks on that list around all that you did right, all that is good, all that is perfect in your life and in the world, even if it's not all perfect all the time. Enneagram 2 is removing um, clockwise around the Enneagram the helper, the lover, the nurturer, the relationship Enneagram type. So Enneagram 2s, they their superpower is connection. They make connection. They, they care about the connections, the, the relationships. 
They are so good at anticipating other people's needs, your needs. Um, they're just not always so great at necessarily knowing their own needs. And what can happen, I think of with Enneagram 2s, is it can, it can be an unsustainable model. You know, it is better to give than receive is just not true. If you only give, you're going to run out of nutrition, hydration, right? You got to receive. Um, and that also goes to relationships and, and, and love. So Enneagram 2s stand guard against over-giving and under-receiving. Be grateful for the gifts that people want to give you because, you know, oftentimes I hear this, I try to give something to the two, but they just don't receive it. So be grateful for all of the gift givers in your life because there are many more than probably you realize. Um, be grateful for... Um, Enneagram twos can sometimes lose the forest through the trees. So remember why you're doing it, right? Why you're working so hard to put that Thanksgiving beautiful feast together. Even if people aren't grateful for it or they don't express their gratitude, work on not needing to be seen for all that you do, not needing to be thanked for making this possible. It needs, you need to get back to a place where the act of giving is the end, not a means to get something else. And so just know that you are a source of nurturing in the lives of so many people. So whether it's making that Thanksgiving meal or just being present in the lives of others, but that's the gift. Um, I've worked with a lot of Christians and we sometimes will, will, get into Jesus energy, right? Christ consciousness as a paradigm for them, especially if they're twos, right? Of this pure giving, this pure love that really resonates for them. You know, for me as a Jew and as a rabbi, it's interesting. It's not my paradigm. It's not my roadmap. So you find yours. Um, if you're not a Christian and that doesn't work for you, then maybe it's a Mahatma Gandhi or a, um, no, I think Mahatma Gandhi might've been a one who's a two, like a, a Princess Diana or a, a Dalai Lama. He's a great one. Or Thich Nhat Hanh, right? Just this pure source of generosity. And that's the means. It's not, a, sorry, it's an end. It's not a means. Enneagram threes, either at your, you know, at your um, Thanksgiving table or showing up as a three. Threes are amazing achievers. That's what they're called. They, they just know how to get things done. So if a three is in charge of the Thanksgiving table, then you know you're going to get the best of what they have. They just deliver. When a three is on the case, I know it's going to get done. Threes have to remember, similar like to twos, to, to enjoy the journey, not just the destination. Threes also, that forest through the trees thing, can get caught up in forgetting what they're working for. They just become human doings. And so your work is to stop doing, you've given enough, right? You are enough. Both twos and threes need to hear this to appreciate all that you are and um, receive that. Receive is big for twos and especially for Enneagram threes to receive the, the praise, the acknowledgement, to receive the attention, the gifts, not just to get it, to receive it, to internalize it, to be grateful for the relationships where that comes naturally for twos. 
sometimes threes can skirt over, just kind of run past the relationships. That's what that is all about. It's not the performance at that Thanksgiving table. It's about the people. Get back to people, and as a three, you will never go wrong. Enneagram four, moving um, down to the bottom of the Enneagram, where really the these are the deepest, richest types, four and five especially. Enneagram fours, you are so creative and special and empathic and and just being in your presence really takes us up into another conscious level of consciousness. Now, Enneagram fours, you've got to stand guard against it's never enough. Like the never enough thing is really true with three and four. You can see sort of these overlaps. Threes, it's never enough doing. And fours, it's never enough being special, feeling original, right? An extra little flower here on the table or it's the wrong flowers and it need, meant to have orchids because nobody does orchids. It doesn't matter. You are enough. You are the special one. That's what... Um, that's what you bring to the table. And even if nobody understands you, right? Because they oftentimes don't. You're you're deeper than your average Thanksgiving goer. You have to you have to um, be good enough with knowing yourself. And really that's what this is about. And then other people not getting you won't make such a difference. I was just talking to Ariella about the black sheep, you know, she's always felt like the black sheep. And I think a lot of fours feel like the black sheep at that Thanksgiving table. There's a beautiful opportunity in being the black sheep instead of trying to make yourself white, like the white sheep. Maybe you can elevate them to black sheep consciousness. So do with that what you want. Enneagram five, the, the brains of the Enneagram types, the brilliance, the, the deep, not, I'd say the, uh, yeah, I would say the Enneagram fours are the deep feelers and Enneagram fives are the deep thinkers. They're just interesting people. I was just talking with an Enneagram five who's so, I don't know, I just, I couldn't get enough of him, all, all his ideas and thoughts. Now, they can lose sort of a sense of gratitude when they get stuck in their heads and they stop realizing that emotion, like the next door neighbor, the fours, is just as important, making heartfelt connections to really soften to the people around you and, you know, kind of raise up the EQ, maybe bring down the IQ. Um, also for fives, it's very important to feel grateful for all that they have. You know, it's never enough for, for the four and the five, but for different reasons. For the Enneagram five, it oftentimes feels like never enough resources, that there's not enough food or, or you know, they, they might get mad that there's so much waste, too much abundance. Five, stand guard against that judgment. This is a time and a place for abundance. I agree with you. Waste, you know, isn't necessary. But if, if that does happen, just know it came from a two, overcooking to feed your beautiful five soul. Enneagram six. Enneagram six is the loyalist or loyal skeptic. Enneagram six are their group-oriented people. They, they want to belong. They want others to feel like they belong. They're, they're safety, security, conscience, conscious. They're constantly thinking about their safety and security or your safety and security. Um, and it's, yeah, it certainly is physical, but it's also emotional. It's tribal. They, they want to make sure that they have a place at the Thanksgiving table. I mean, it would really wound a, a six not to feel like they have a place. Conversely, they may be the most likely to have 
uh, an extra place set just in case, you know, there's a passerby who needs a place at the table as long as we vet him and he has all his uh, credentials and he checks out. Just kidding. So Enneagram 6, um, they're such givers. They're, um, I have a friend, hey, TJ, Tommy, you're out there, who's a 6, and I just think of him as the quintessential 6, right? So magnanimous, so kind and considerate. Enneagram 6s have to stand guard, however, against um, worry and doubt. Um, they also have that good enough piece where they may have a sense of insecurity that they just they they don't belong or they're they're not wanted they're not welcome um, where they just didn't you know maybe they didn't cook the turkey long enough which they did I'm sure but they might check it and double check it and triple check it and then worry that you're gonna get sick and they're gonna poison everybody here like they got to get to a place where faith I've done enough I am enough. It will be okay. That's a pathway to gratitude of just taking stock of all that is secure, all that, you know, is safe. So much security and safety in your life. So much goodness, so much abundance. Six is really just, and then so much, um, um, you know, family and friends and love. Just get back to that and it will be okay. You'll be okay. And that's a pathway back to gratitude for Enneagram six. Enneagram seven the enthusiasts, the visionaries, the optimist. Enneagram 7 is the fun one of the Enneagram. They just, they know how to embrace life, the joy d'aviv, the, is that, I forgot how you say it, whatever it's called, the the, the joy of life. Um, they are, they just want to experience it all. Now, Enneagram 7's gratitude, be grateful for the Thanksgiving party you're at, dinner, the dinner you're at, because you probably were invited to a few of them and you might have FOMO, fear of missing out on the other ones. And oftentimes what will happen is they'll either be anticipating the next Thanksgiving party they're going to or, or feeling like they're missing out. And so they're not present to the moment, present to the experience, present to the people around them. Enneagram six, sevens, when they are present, they are just presence. They have this amazing energy to lift the vibration, positive, optimistic. I don't know. I think of Enneagram 7s as solar power, right? Sunlight, just opening the shades and letting it shine in. And so Enneagram 7s, just be present, show up and shine your light. And, and we need that, especially us 8s, the challenger next door. 8s are a sense of power, intensity. I just went out to coffee with a friend. You know who you are. And I kind of think I might have overwhelmed him. I hope I didn't. We eights are, if, if Enneagram sevens are the sunlight, then we're, um, I've heard it likened to the 220 volts, you know, that big scary one behind your washer dryer. We're intense, like plug in the wrong, um, plug in the wrong appliance to that and you'll fry it. So Enneagram eights, you bring a power in a, in a, just a vitality to the meal. I'll engage people in meaning conversation. Probably don't have to engage them in, you know, facing their mortality and planning for their deaths and fighting Hamas at the Thanksgiving table, which I got to stand guard against. I got to bring it down a few notches. As we say, the half-ass of an eight is most people's whole ass. So probably half-ass it a little bit, tone it down, turn it down. Be also present. Seven and eights really go off to the future or go off to the next thing for different reasons. But be present, tone it down, and 
just let that energy speak for itself. It'll, you know, it's like caffeine. You'll caffeinate the rest of the place, but not if you ram uh, 17 shots of espresso down their throat. So I know, speaking from personal experience, I feel grateful when I can just get back into my vulnerability, look around the, the um, Thanksgiving table and just take stock of all of the wonderful attributes and qualities and open myself up to the emotional experience of it all. Last but not least, Enneagram nines. Enneagram nines, like sevens, I think seven, twos and nines really radiate a positive vibe. Nines probably radiate more of a peaceful vibe. Uh, my sister Rebecca is coming to my house for Thanksgiving, and I just know when I'm next to her, I feel calmer. I know when Choshana, our daughter's there, I just feel at more at ease. So, showing up and just being present for everybody, and really just almost meditating on helping all the eights and the sevens and the threes chill out. Um, Enneagram nines can lose themselves in in those social settings, you know, especially when things heat up. So. Nines, you know, that gets in the way of you're feeling grateful because you're so worried about conflict or about having to kind of use your voice or be seen. So one pathway to gratitude for Enneagram nines is to just know that you're enough. A lot like those fours, know that you have what it takes to be at that table, to use your voice if you need it, but to um, go through that meal on, on your time frame, right? On your, according to your agenda, you don't have to adapt to the circumstances and worry about what's going to happen. You have what you need inside of you to um, hold your own and to continue on your sort of path of harmony and contribute that, really just um, offer that to the table. And I think you'll see quite quickly that people will lovingly respond and um, so much to offer as a nine and all nine types. So you have all nine of these energies in you and just kind of sort of rattle them off as a way to prep in a different way at your Enneagram table. If you want to learn what your Enneagram types are, I can't say we'll cram it in prior to this Thanksgiving, but certainly before Christmas, reach out to me. We can do your assessment or we can talk it through. We can do your loved one's assessment or we can figure theirs, those out. So jump over to my um, website, defiantspirit.org. You can discover, you can set a discovery call with me and we'll take it from there. Have a meaningful Thanksgiving. Bring your beautiful energy of not just your core type, your Enneagram type, but all nine of these energies. Each of us has them within uh, each of them within us, and it's time to contribute to develop them within ourselves and contribute them to the world. Until then, defy your number and live your spirit, and I will see you in the next video or the next podcast. You've been listening to the Meaning Academy podcast with your hosts, Dr. Daniel Franz and Dr. Baruch Halevi. If you found meaning in what you've heard, please leave us a five-star review and be sure to share this with fellow meaning seekers. And don't forget to check us out at TheMeaningAcademy.com, where you can learn how to join our weekly virtual and complimentary meaning masterminds. Until the next time, get out there and live your purpose and discover your meaning.
Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit Podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving a five-star review and share this podcast with others. To learn more about the Defiant Spirit, get more inspirational content, or see how we might work together to live your Defiant Spirit, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, take back your power and live your Defiant Spirit.